here I am now, between jobs, living on savings and some revenue generated by a few freelance projects. And I'm happy? I have a confession to make, something I find myself doing in every episode of this podcast so far. I've been chasing money. It's become an obsession. My obsession with making more money started when I became a marketing coordinator at Digital Marketer. It technically was an entry-level job, but it paid more than what I made as a senior designer at Southwestern University. Yeah, higher education doesn't pay well for most folks, but it has its benefits. It didn't take long to earn a promotion and a raise at DM. In fact, I received two hearty increases during my tenure. They made it easy to forget I was ever a designer by this point. But I became hungry for more. More skills, more money. It's about this time I decided I wanted to become a writer. I started making money in earnest when I went to work for IBM. As I became a better writer, more opportunities came my way. First. There was the newsletter for IBM Cloud, then sales presentations, followed by a flood of sales enablement projects. It wasn't until I was tapped for an SEO initiative that I found my niche in web content writing. And I was good at it. I am good at it. But as I was becoming a better writer, I wanted to learn and earn more. So I began moonlighting as a freelancer. And I'm so glad I did, because freelancing gave me so much more in experience, and not just more money. Although writing blogs was new for me at the time, I also learned how to work with new people like content managers, editors, business owners. I got to see how smaller teams organized their projects, the tools they used, and other insightful processes that helped them succeed. Some of these things I took and applied to my freelance business. Then, I was recruited to work for a fintech startup, where I was given more responsibility and made even more money. After being laid off from that company, I joined another startup where I made even more money and was given more responsibility. But here I am now, between jobs, living on savings and some revenue generated by a few freelance projects, and I'm happy. I ended that sentence with question-like inflection because I'm not sure that's how I feel exactly. Maybe it would be more accurate to say, at peace. The thing is that during this respite, I'm enjoying the lack of pressure, unrealistic expectations, and hustle. This current pace suits me. I feel like that meme from the Star Wars movie Rogue One, one of my favorite movies, by the way. It reads, it's a peaceful life. It has been a peaceful life these last few months. And upon reflection, I think I might have been misguided by money the last few years, even if I did grow as a writer. 
Currently, I have no desire to land another full-time role for more responsibility, which I think employers are not keen to hear. If you're a potential employer listening to this episode, please keep listening because I'll explain more. My take is that most hiring managers want to know or learn through your resume and interviews that you have a growth mindset. Even though I don't want more responsibility, I would argue that I still have a growth mindset, just not how they might see it. For example, despite being at peace, something is still gnawing at me. I still want more of something. Maybe I'm not at peace at all. And that's the rub. I do want more, but I don't know what exactly. In a world of more, 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 what I really think I need is better. I yearn for something greater. But what does that look like? How do I get there? A few weeks ago, I reread The One Thing by Gary W. Keller and Jay Papasan. I think that's how you say his name. But this time, I didn't just read the book. I sat with it, poured over it, and put it into practice. In the final chapter, Putting the One Thing to Work, the author takes you through a series of questions to help you figure out your one things. Yes, there are multiple because you might have a one thing for your personal life, one for your family, one for your job or business, and so on. It's a lot like gold setting, but it differs in how vague you can be regarding timing and ability. Think of it like a vision board without the magazine picture cutting and collage gluing. Oh, and unlike a vision board, it isn't just a wish you make and hope for the best. The point of it is to follow up with action. The hardest part of this process is figuring out your one things, and you might spend extra time here. For example, I spent at least a couple of weeks sitting with this activity. Once you pick your one things, you start breaking them down by time. Here's what that looks like. Let's say your one thing is becoming a paperback writer. If you're not one now, nor have written anything remotely to a paperback novel, it's unlikely that you'll become one tomorrow but you can start asking questions to help you get there. Here are the questions. What's the one thing I can do this year to help me become a paperback writer? What's the one thing I can do this quarter to help me become a paperback writer? What's the one thing I can do this month to help me become a paperback writer? What's the one thing I can do this week to help me become a paperback writer? What's the one thing I can do today to help me become a paperback writer? As you might notice, the questions aren't particularly unique other than helping define an action and a time frame. The thing to do here is to go through the questions, asking and answering them to narrow down your actions that are doable within their time frames. This isn't about setting outlandish goals. What you say you can do must be achievable. What's great about this process is that it's essentially project management. It creates a timeline that otherwise you might not have ever developed for an ambition that's too big and vague to break down into smaller actionable steps. Also, this process defines your priorities. Because if you're asking yourself daily, what's the one thing I can do today to fill in the blank, you're more likely to take action on that task over other non-consequential to-dos. And if you're not taking action, then maybe the one thing is not that important to you. 
But if it is, you will follow through. This is where I am now. I'm working on developing the actions I need to take for the year, quarter, month, week, and day for my one things. And I've decided to swing for the fences. Here are what I chose as my one things as far as my career is concerned. One, I want to become a full-time fiction writer. Two, I want to explore becoming a voiceover artist. Three, I want to build an easy-to-maintain freelance content writing business. Why? For the first two, these aspirations align with what bring me joy. I love generating ideas, I love writing, and I love doing voices. Probably the first time I've shared this about myself publicly. The third goal is temporary, sort of. Because I know that I don't have the resources to become a full-time fiction writer or voiceover artist tomorrow, I need to generate income in a flexible way that gives me time to work toward them. I already freelance as a content writer, but by making it my one thing, it has purpose. It will mean more to me to build and run this business. So what's next? First, I've come to realize that I've been misguided. By me. I've been chasing a bigger paycheck without considering what actually brings me joy. But my problem wasn't having desire, my problem was lacking direction. I didn't know what my one things were. Now I do. As for my one things, I have more work to do on breaking down the steps for each time frame. But otherwise, it's a matter of taking action and staying focused on doing the things, and only the things that support my one things. It won't be easy, and I'm sure I'll face many challenges and distractions. Will I achieve my goals? If I do, will their achievements satisfy my desire for more? How will the journey change me? Will it be for the better or worse? I'll tell you all about it as our voyage unfolds here on Growth Expeditions Unknown. I'm your host and guide, Antonio Banda, on Growth Expeditions Unknown a podcast where I explore life and work as a content marketer, writer, and creator. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you on the next expedition. What's up is down, what's left is right. Chasing stars and holding view. I can't see the end, but we'll see it through. Music by Quincas Moreira. Mini Vandals, Chris Haugen, and Track Tribe. Mm-hmm.